Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. You're invited to join us in worship this Sunday morning at either 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Visit LargoCC.org. As I putting this together, I was thinking, the only way I'm going to be able to cry out to you, Lord, is when I see your hands. And not only when I get to heaven, but right now, I've got to see something at this table. I've got to see something more than grape juice and, and a wafer. I've got to see Jesus taking my place and my sin and my hurt and my wounds. I've got, to, I've got to see it. And when I see it, it is then and then only am I going to be able to say, my Lord and my God. It seems inevitable that the longer we live life, the more pain we encounter. But pain does not have to conquer us if we turn to the one who himself encountered pain while on this earth. Jesus knows your situation, and his nail-pierced hands are available to heal, redeem, and provide eternal life. God knows your pain. We've all had pain. Lots of pain. You can't live in this world without pain. But thank God he knows what that pain is. And he is the healer of every sickness, disease, broken heart, psychological pain. God knows what's going on. And he's not oblivious to it or immune to it himself. Think of the pain that's in the world. Just the hospitals and doctors and clinics and nursing homes and orphanages and prisons and on and on it goes. I don't need to elaborate. Broken homes, uh, broken lives, psychologists, social workers, counselors, uh, just pain, pain. You know pain. You've lived here a little while. Uh, You've experienced it. I was thinking that it would be difficult, perhaps even impossible, to serve God if God didn't know pain. Let me say that again. I'm going to talk for just myself right now. It would be difficult for me to serve Jehovah God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, almost impossible. I don't know whether I could do it or not. If he were immune to pain, he didn't know pain, he didn't understand pain, he didn't hear people in pain praying, I I don't know, that wouldn't, I don't think I could. I don't think I I could serve a God like that. But our God knows pain. Jesus came, his name was Emmanuel, meaning God with us. With us. Living with us, cooperating with us, sharing with us. God with us. In our world, in our pain, God with us. Think about it. When I'm praying this morning that the Holy Spirit, as you already joined me in prayer, 
that our focus would be on him and we would perhaps have a, a spiritual vision of him today as Jehovah God, the God who experienced pain, our pain, who took our pain. Listen to me, friends. And he took our pain and absorbed it into himself. This is an awesome God that we serve. Emmanuel, on the cross, I'm going to try to use my imagination today. God's given each of us this, the gift of imagination. And I'm going to try to use mine. You try to use yours. But on the cross, there were nails driven in his hands and feet. Pain. On the cross, his back had been lacerated. Pain. On the cross, a spear had been driven into his side, piercing his heart. Pain. His mouth was dried, his tongue was sticking to the roof of his mouth. Pain. He could hardly speak. A brow was crisp with Thorns with blood running down into his eyebrows. And when his eyebrows were soaked, it dripped down into his eyes. Pain. God Almighty, why would he put up with us and go through all of us when he could have called 10,000 angels? What a Savior. What a God on that cross. Lonely, twisted, tortured. Because I'm a sinner and he wanted me in his kingdom. And for that, I'm not sure just why, only that God is love. He set aside his immunity to sickness and disease and pain, and he entered our world. Now, friends, here's here's what staggers me. He chose the scars. They weren't forced on him. He chose the scars. Listen to this. If this doesn't stagger you, he kept the scars as a reminder of the wounds. Some of us have been wounded spiritually, emotionally. We're still carrying some of that pain. But he has the scars. They are there. You see, he knows what life is like in this world. Why? Because he's been here. He has the scars to prove it. He knows. I want to talk about the scars, particularly the scars in his hands this morning. There's a a surgeon, Dr. Paul Brandt, a a Christian surgeon, just a wonderful man of God. Uh, He... He gives his testimony, but he's a surgeon of the hands. He specialized on the hands. He's been over 40 years and 10,000 surgeries on the hands alone. And uh, listen, I want you to consider what he has to say about the human hand. Quote, nothing in all nature rivals the hand's combination of strength and agility Tolerance and sensitivity, we use our hands for the most wonderful activities. Art, music, writing, healing, touching. He went on to talk about a pianist, and he loves to go to piano concerts. 
And he said, I want to sit up close to the stage because I want to look at the pianist fingers uh, as they, uh, he said, it's a glorious uh, flourish of ligaments and joints, tendons, nerves, and muscles. He said, I just like to see those hands going across those keyboards. Well, it was his hands, our Savior's hands, that were pierced with the nails. And we're going to come to the altar in just a short time and remember his hands pierced for us. And again, why he did that for me, I, I, I know he loved me. I know he still loves me. I know it was love that caused him to do it. But still, I keep wondering, why did you do that for me? That you would love me so much that you would leave heaven above, a place where I've never been. I'm looking forward to going there because he came. But heaven above came all the way down here to earth, again, for me. I couldn't go up to you, but you could come to me. And there was that great chasm in between, and you transformed and came down and become one like me to experience what I experience so that when I pray, you will know exactly what I'm praying about and you will feel it in your own body. You kept those scars as a reminder to yourself of what wounds we are experiencing. We will return to today's message following an invitation for you to attend the Largo Community Church in person. This coming Sunday morning, we have returned to a live service in the church sanctuary starting at 9 o'clock. And God's blessing as never before through music, fellowship, prayer, and the preaching of God's Word by Pastor Jack Morris. The Church of Friendship and Joy, where Christ is honored and people are loved, welcomes you this Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Now, let's return to the conclusion of the message for today. Now try to visualize with me. Here I'm going to go through the hands of Jesus. Best I know how to do it. But he came into this world, our Savior, as a little baby. Why he chose to do it that way, I, I have some theories, but I'm done. I don't know quite why. But he came as an infant. Can you imagine this little squalling, crying baby, the God of the universe? Coming into the world through a mother's womb, being born. And then you look at those little chubby hands of his. And uh, so soft. And you see a baby's hands. Sometimes a baby will jerk his, his hands. That doesn't have much control over his hand or her hands at that time. And have little dimples on the knuckles. <laughs> Little hands. <laughs> One time in the pulpit here, I was preaching something that had been years ago, and I said, there was little tiny babies. Did you ever go by a nursery in the hospital? They are the ugliest little things. <laughs> Boy, somebody caught me out here in the narthex. <clears throat> I try to be careful what I say, but I want to be all very honest. <laughs> but beautiful little creatures, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> sort of paradoxical, wasn't it? <laughs> but that little hand, little tiny hands, couldn't, can't put 
God couldn't put food in his mouth as a little baby, could put food in his, in his mouth, couldn't change his clothes. Uh, come into the world, little tiny hands like his hands. And then he began to grow and he became an adolescent. Now his hands are larger, they're bigger. Hands. But now his hands are calloused. He's in the carpenter shop with his dad, sawing, hammering, planing, and he works there for years with Joseph in that carpenter shop, calloused hands. And then he becomes a physician, a body, soul, and spirit, the great physician, a physician's hands, giving forth strength and and help and and touching the eyes of the blind, touching the ears of the deaf and opening those eyes and opening those ears and, and touching those who had leprosy that no one else would touch. Look at those hands. And then pierced hands. His hands were pierced. Do you remember this song? Let me just read a little bit of it. They bound the hands of Jesus in the garden where he prayed. They led him through the streets in shame. They spat upon the Savior so pure and free from sin. They said, crucify him. He's to blame. My Lord, my Lord, isn't it something? Everybody's wanting to blame somebody for the wrong that's in the world. From the government to the pastor to the church. Blame. Pointing the figure. He's to blame. Jesus. To the howling mob he yielded. He did not for mercy cry. On the cross of shame he took alone. And when he cried, it's finished. He gave himself to die. Salvation's wondrous plan was done. He did it. So if you're going to point the finger at somebody, point it at him and say, glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. He's the one that brought this salvation. And we're coming here to this table to remember. And then resurrected hands. The hands of our Savior. Three days after his crucifixion, he arose from the dead. And he came forth with scars. You see, the great physician never healed his own scars. He still carries those scars. And when he came forth from the grave with those hands in his scars, on the first day of the week, the disciples were in the upper room for fear of the Jews with the doors bolted and Jesus appeared. One of them was missing. You know, there's only the, the first time, only one time. If you miss the first one, there's never another time for the first time. And Thomas was absent. And Jesus came in, spoke peace to them, spoke salvation to them. And this is the thing that Thomas missed, that he was never able to go back and recoup. Jesus breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Dear me, dear Thomas, you missed the redemption of Jesus. You missed the breathing of the Holy Spirit upon you. You missed the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You missed it, Thomas. Oh, you'll see him again in eight days, but you'll never have an opportunity like that first time. 
Friend, we need to take this salvation serious. Take it seriously. Three days, Thomas was absent. And Thomas said, oh, I'm sure, I'm I'm paraphrasing now. You just concocted something. You saw a ghost. You wanted to see him so badly, you just made it all up. Wasn't that something to say that to his own brothers in, in Christ that he had traveled with, with Jesus after all of those years? He said, unless I see, and that's why I've been talking this morning, use your imagination. Come on, see the hands that bled. Dr. Brandt said after they put Jesus on the cross, the weight of his body hung there and dropped it, and it tore the flesh further, and he bled even more. And when they said, if you're the Christ, come down from the cross. Friend, thank God for all eternity. He didn't listen to them. You know, I've listened to some people I should never have listened to. Never have listened to them, but tried to make them happy. Jesus wasn't trying to make that crowd happy. He was trying to make you and me happy to those who are afar off. But then he came back seven days later. What a patient savior. How patient he is when we make our mistakes. He came back and when he saw Thomas, he said, here's my hands. Look, you want to put your fingers in my hands, my scars? Here's my side. And when Thomas believed, and that's when Thomas cried out, my Lord and my God. Friend, Was I putting this together, I was thinking, the only way I'm going to be able to cry out to you, Lord, is when I see your hands. Not only when I get to heaven, but right now, I've got to see something at this table. I've got to see something more than grape juice and and a wafer. I've got to see Jesus taking my place and my sin and my hurt and my wounds I've got, to, I've got to see it. And when I see it, it is then and then only am I going to be able to say, my Lord and my God. Oh, there's, there's a lot of Christians around like Thomas. They're ready when they're ready. But Jesus has arisen. Let's meet him. Let's see him. And then we can say, my Lord and my God. Oh, we're saying words, we're singing songs, we're preaching sermons. But do they really count until I see Jesus? Until I see those sacred hands wounded for me. He kept the scars. Fanny Crosby, blind, I think, either six or eight weeks old as an infant because of a physician's mistake blind all her life never saw never saw a human face never saw a sunset never never saw anything but she used her imagination and she wrote blessed assurance some of the most beautiful hymns that we sing today she used her imagination come on friends see jesus in his name look upon jesus Look upon the cross. Now you will cry out, my Lord and my God. Now you will bow before him and he will breathe on you the power of the Holy Spirit. And you will truly rise up as an overcomer. Not as a 
sit back, relax, Sunday worship her. But listen to what Fanny Crosby, when she used her imagination. I'll just read a little bit of one of the hymns. She saw his prince, although she never saw with these eyes, but with the eye of faith, she saw what the human eye could not see. And this is what she wrote. It's part of what she wrote. She wrote, when my life work is ended and I cross the swelling tide, when the bright and glorious morning I shall see, I shall know my Redeemer when I reach the other side and his smile will be the first to welcome me. Oh, I shall know him. I shall know him by redeemed. By his side I shall stand. I shall know him. I shall know him by the prince of the nails in his hand. She knew that Jesus took her place. She knew he carried scars and he kept scars for her. That she could pray through her journey of life on her way to that place. What she used her imagination to see now, she would see face to face when he smiled upon her then. Friend, do you want to see Jesus? Do you want the power of Jesus? Do you want the healing of Jesus? Of course you do. A rhetorical question. He's here today when you come to this altar I don't know what you've been looking at and what you've been talking about and and what you've been thinking about. It's no longer time to pout. It's time to look to Jesus and rejoice in the Lord. For you become what you think, what you see. And if you see Jesus, you will become like Jesus and be able to say, my Lord and my God. But in the condition that some of us are in today, We can only say, my Lord and my God, because we're not bowing before his lordship. And he's not the God that he wants to be, the Father God to each of us. But he... Hallelujah. Think of Jesus. See that lonely, twisted, tortured figure on a cross... in the darkness of God's forsakenness that you and I might live the abundant life now and have the hope of heaven to come. Oh, I want to see him. I I will know him. You will know him by the print of the nails in his hands. That's his spiritual social security number that's his identity what a savior father God you so loved the world that you gave your son your only son that whosoever old or young educated ignorant rich or poor it matters not that whosoever believes in him, that he died, that he took the scars, shall have everlasting life that begins right now. I'm living right now in eternity. And I'll just change existence someday shortly. From an earthly life to the heavenly life. In my heart I see the scars. 
He kept those scars. He reminded me to remember him. He reminded himself to remember me and each of us. Thank you for saving us. We give you praise in his holy name. Jesus knows your situation, and his nail-pierced hands are available to heal, redeem, and provide eternal life. As we conclude today's program, I want to invite you to pray for the ministry of the healing word and ask God on our behalf to bless these messages as they minister to hearts all over our nation's capital area and the world. And if the Lord lays it on your heart, would you consider partnering with Pastor Morris in financially supporting this ministry? You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on the Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of the Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.